Hi, this is Richie Dave Porter from the UK, British blues guitarist, and you are listening to the David Bowers Awards. And now, around the world and around the corner, it's the David Bowers Awards, bringing the best in indie music to millions of listeners worldwide with your host, the David Bowers. We've got a fantastic lineup of guests, our entire crew here at the Asylum, and me, I'm John Bon Jovial. And now, here's the voice of indie music, the David Bowers. Thank you very much, John Bon Jovial, ladies and gentlemen, the legendary one with us as always, and we are so happy that he is. We're also so happy that you're here with us because you're the ones that really make the show. Without you... All we're doing is sitting at home playing music, and that gets kind of boring after a while. As a matter of fact, when you hear uh, this first number we're going to play for you, you may understand why, uh, why we like to share with you a new artist that we hadn't heard of before who goes by the name of Brittany Nicole. And, uh, well, hey, give a listen to her first release here, a thing called Wild Horse. Here's Brittany Nicole. Like a river running, I knew my time had come, had to get away from a life undone.
Brittany Nicole Wild Horse. And I really like that song. She is, well, she started her musical journey, as many artists do, at a, uh, at a very young age. She was on stage for her first performance at the age of five and uh, has uh, reportedly been going strong ever since. Influenced by, and this is uh, John Bon Jovial's purview here, she's been influenced by a wide range of genres, including pop, rock, and country, all of which I think you can hear in that, in that song we just played. She developed kind of a unique sound that she blends the different musical styles to fit her persona and her voice, and uh, she kind of has a, a raw quality that grabs your ears and attention and uh, can kind of take you on a little bit of a roller coaster. What do you think, John Bon Jovial? My impression is that this is not this woman's first rodeo. This is a great <laughs> song. She has experience. She knows what she's doing. She sounds great. The song is great. The production is great. I'm not sure who Brittany Nicole is, but I hope that we get to find out soon. But like I said, I don't think this is her first rodeo. She's pretty damn good. Yeah, I agree with you. And uh, just for your uh, just for your information and satisfaction, I am already trying to see if we can arrange a date for Brittany Nicole to come and visit us and uh, tell us about her career and her music, and uh, we'll play a couple of songs by her too. Sounds like an incredible performer. I mean, she's just got that that life, that raw emotional quality to her music that just makes you want to go see her in person. I am already uh, trying to find out if we can get her to come on the show and share with us. And uh, you, John Bon Jovial, will be the first to know. Why, thank you, sir. But, yes, I, I really like what I just heard. Uh, again, the uh, the production values. And there's so many artists out there that have really good production values. But the melding, the blending of uh, the bass line on this in addition to the piano and the, the, the pre- predominant rock and roll theme there may be some country crossover on that, but if there is, it's not that much. And that's not a bad thing, but the uh, predominant role of this is a rock-pop anthem. And it's not in your face. It's subtle in some points, but it makes its case known, and uh, I like it. Yes, I hope that you can get her on the show. It'd be great if we can do that. Definitely looking forward to that. And as I said, we are working on it as we speak. What's good with you, John Bon Jovial? Well, you know, we're here in southwest Florida, and so far it has been knock on wood. It continues that way. It has been a um, uh, a quiet hurricane season so far. Of course, we said that last year, and then we got spanked by Hurricane Ian. Uh, but I'm hoping that we don't have a repeat of that this year. There's a lot of people that are shell-shocked by that, and, uh, you know, the slightest mention of a, a hurricane sends people into an apoplectic fit. And yes, I can certainly understand that. Uh, I'm a little gun shy myself. Life is good. Uh, you know, business goes on. Uh, the, the family goes on. Friends go on. You and I go on. And of course, I lump us into the friends category there, too. So that is what's going on in Bon Jovial land. Well, thank you very much. It's I'm glad to hear. It's good to hear you all positive with not a whole lot of gripes and complaints and, uh, you know, just cheerful and up-tempo and, you know, ready to rock and roll. It's a, it's a good thing. Speaking of rock and roll. That's a good thing. 
we want to thank and salute our friends at Rochester Free Radio, who are our flagship station for the David Bowers Awards, carrying it every week, Saturday at noon Eastern time. And uh, these would include Steve Litvak, whose rock and roll rumble show immediately follows the David Bowers Awards, and Armand Spins, which follows Steve's show for a complete Saturday afternoon of some really great and often unknown rock music, stuff that you may have missed and you'll be glad to hear because some of the stuff is really, really incredibly good. You'll wonder why you've never heard it before. That's Saturday afternoons on Rochester Free Radio beginning at noon. And then, of course, Saturday nights, Jeff Moulton's ABC Oldies for you who like to, you know, sort of kick back and revel in the old-time music, kind of like we do. Uh, we ought to do an oldie show. We haven't done an oldie show in a long time. We've got to get back to the music. We've got a couple of returning guests. Both of these gentlemen have been on the show before, and we are very happy to have them come back because, as you know, we love to have our guests come back and tell us what's going on in their careers, their music, and everything. And as I said, two of them are back here with us today. The first, a gentleman by the name of Scott Gagner, who will be joining us in about three, four minutes, right after we listen to Friend Like You. Thank you. 
That's Scott Gagner, and here he is right now. Say hello, Scott. How's it going, guys? Going great. Glad to have you back here with us. Been a while, and uh, we've got some catching up to do. But first, I want to talk about Friend Like You. I love that song. Did you write this one yourself? Yes, I did. Everything on the record I wrote, uh, one was a co-write, track four, but this one is all me. And I am really, really interested in how you came up with the construct of this song. It is, uh, it, to say it's clever would be kind of trite, but I, I, I love the way the emphasis is on the last word of each line. And how did you come up with this? Uh, I think the world probably has just about enough romantic love songs, and I, I'm doing my uh, part to kind of balance it out and write uh, some other vantage points. This is kind of a platonic love song about a good friend of mine from college who was kind enough to host me uh, in London when I went out to record uh, the pianos for that song uh, at Abbey Road Studio 2, and uh, the pianos and vocals for, for much of the album, actually. So uh, in, in reconnecting with him and spending some time in London, uh, it had been a few years, mostly COVID and whatnot, since we'd seen each other. So I was sort of uh, basking in the glow of a renewed friendship and uh, just wrote a kind of a love letter to uh, to my dear friend Kevin. And we won't uh, we won't mention anything about my uh, about my asking you and you talking about uh, no more silly love songs because Abbey Road Studios. You know, you can't mention things like that, but seriously, I love the song. Musically, it is catchy, and of course, the lyric too, but the thing that got me first, of course, was the music, because you always hear the music first, and then you get into the lyrics, and uh, I was uh, really impressed with this song. I knew we had to get you on the show to talk about it and about the album. What's the album title now? Uh, it's called Reverse, and uh, that is taken from a lyric in a song called uh, Jesus in Reverse. And it, it sort of stuck because it's, I'd say it's the first time I've really let myself pay homage and do tributes to artists and, and bands that I love in a very overt way. Usually those influences are kind of woven very genetically within the songs. But um, on this record, I was really kind of going back in time and giving homage to the Beatles of one thing and, and Christine McVie from Fleetwood Mac uh, of another. So reverse back in time a little bit of that stuff going on i want to follow up on the privilege you had of recording at abbey road how did you put that together it's not really such a miracle it it just takes i mean it is an operating studio which many people i would say including myself kind of take for granted or, or don't really think about it it's sort of assumed that it's a uh a national historic monument at this point where everything is just sort of sealed off mm -hmm. and roped off. But no, it, is, it has been a commercially functioning studio since the 1930s, long before the Beatles, and, and continues uh, to this day. So it's really a matter of uh, contacting them and, and booking a session. Um, that said, uh, I, I mentioned staying with my friend. You know, he provided the lodging, so that, that certainly aid into, uh, you know, the, the lodging of London was going to be a problem. So I could sort of splurge on uh, a more expensive studio session, and uh, it was just a big, you know, bucket list item for me. Everybody has a dream, and one of mine was to uh, to go there and to play play the pianos that Paul and John sat at, and to sing into the very microphones that John sang into, and I was able to do all those things and more. So it was uh, amazing, quite a kid in the candy store kind of day, and uh, I can't wait to get back. 
I can well imagine, and a very memorable day in the candy store. John Bon Jovial, come on in the candy store and share with us. Well, I got to tell you, I Scott, I am a little on the envious side of life, uh, knowing that you got to sing into the microphone that John Lennon sang into and play the piano that Paul McCartney played. I mean, of course, these are, and, and I'm sure the same is true as it is with me, these are, these are guys that are musical heroes to me. Um, yeah. Being a teenager in the, uh, in the early 60s and, and uh, listening to the Beatles for the first time and just not even believing what I was hearing, yeah. Uh, so for you to have gone through that and experienced that, wow, man, that is so cool. That is so utterly cool. I want to talk about a friend like you for a second. And, yeah. you know, there's, there's there's all the things that can be said about it. It's a happy song. It's a love song. It's a friend song. It's a this song and a that song. But I want to know if you were channeling Johnny Cash a little bit in that song, because I'm hearing the horn section and, of course, Johnny Cash made a brilliant uh, choice to use a horn section in the song Ring of Fire. And this particular nice. song of yours really, really reminded me of that. And that, Is that just awesome. a coincidence or is this something that you had thought about? Well, the, the Man in Black it isn't a cornerstone of my musical development, but of course he's in there somewhere. Uh, and I've, I actually prefer Frank Zappa's cover of Ring of Fire uh, that he did live uh, to yeah. Johnny Bruce, which is, which is uh, that, that's sacrilegious, I know. But his horns are incredible on that record. Um, they're sort of a mariachi style. Uh, the, yeah. the horns throughout this record were, were less inspired by Johnny and even a mariachi thing, but more... Uh, just one of these goofy things in life where I have a longstanding friend from the Bay Area named Rob Dellinger, and we do a lot of uh, design work together. I, I design all his album covers and, uh, and his, his band merch. And we had amassed literally about nine hours of trade time. So he owed me nine hours of trumpet overdubs <laughs> for design work that I had been accumulating over the last three or four years. And, and it's, it's as silly as that, guys. I had literally just, I was at the beginning of this record, and I'm like, well, I think there's going to be a lot of horns on it because I have nine free hours, and if I don't use them, they're just going to go another three, four years. So that was one of the first ones we did, and we just stacked them up one at a time up to about six, six different robs, and I just would sing the harmony to him, and he would blast it out, and then we double-tracked all that. And, and it's, it's the most glorious moment on the record probably because you it, can't really you can't really compete with a trumpet blast let alone six overdubs for sure. well, it, it, it's just... well it's well thought out and uh and and it's yeah. well choreographed and i'm not saying that it sounded exactly like ring of fire but to me yeah. I, I could hear shades of it and yes as far as you know the uh, the zappa reference is concerned you know people that know me know that I am a uh, just a die-and-go-to-hell fan of Frank Zappa and the Mothers of Invention and, and every other yes. solo thing that he did. And uh -huh. uh, because, of course, you know, brown shoes don't make it, and, and you know, I'm telling you, my dear, that it can't happen here. But, <laughs> but uh, no, uh, Zappa was, Zappa was in uh, <laughs> Or don't forget the dental floss farm in, you know, Montana, because so, we've got to move there yeah. soon. Uh, but uh, no, it, um, it, it, it is, uh, again, it, to me, it's not an outright attempt to emulate the man in black or to emulate anything that Frank may have done. 
but I, yep. I hear a tinge, a shade of it, and uh, I, and I it. It, if if that was if that was on purpose, well done. If Thank it wasn't you. on well, purpose, he, he, well done. He's in there. He's in there for sure. And and there there is a an underutilization of trumpet in in rock songs. That's for sure. It's almost cheating to put it in because it's nothing. Like I said, nothing can compete with it. You can you can take a giant electric guitar solo, and those are great, and everyone does them, but stack it up next to six trumpets and guess who wins exactly yeah, and that exactly. you're right that uh the, the trumpet blast from the ring of fire is an iconic it's almost legendary you you hear that and you know exactly the instant you hear it you know what you're listening to and i don't think uh, yeah. i don't think the man in black would be upset at all at either you uh, being influenced by it or frank zappa borrowing it because uh i think johnny would have uh I think Johnny probably respected Frank Zappa and uh, was uh, honored, if you will, by the fact that he did do the same song. It's not something that you would look forward to and say, I can't wait till the day Frank Zappa takes over and does this song. I mean, this had to come <laughs> really literally out of the left field, which is not uncommon for Frank Zappa. Well, you know, yeah. Johnny Cash was such a progressive musician in his own right. I mean, you, you look at some of the covers of, of uh, Bob Dylan's work that he did, <laughs> yeah, sure. and it, 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 it's it's kind of hard to say, I don't know, maybe this is sacrilege, but um, I really like his uh, cover of, you know, Girl from the North Country better than Dylan's cover, and Dylan wrote it. And uh, so, I, you know, I, I think that uh, Johnny Cash was able to, uh, not only utilize his talent as a songwriter, but as a musician, but also as a poet. And yeah. uh, th these these are ingredients that are very hard to come by individually, let alone as a group. Yes, yes, indeed. Yeah, he. Um, I think the consensus is that once Johnny covers your song, it's his now. And that goes for all the Rick Rubin stuff that happened much later in his career, covering bands like Nine Inch Nails, but... I think if you've had the honor of having him cover your song, you just have to turn it over to him for the rest of time. Exactly. Yep, exactly. Now, talking about his songs, your songs, uh, let's talk about your songs. Tell us about the music on this album. Now, we're going to play My Glasses at the end, so we'll save a description of that for the end. But tell us about okay. the rest of the music on reverse. Yeah. Um, well, I kind of... Uh, Piano is really the backbone of this record, and I, I built a home studio here in Minnesota where I moved two years ago. Uh, I've been waiting to have the right space to really build a soundproof area, and, and I finally made that dream come true about a year and a half ago. Filled it with this upright piano that I just fell in love with, and, and all of these songs, except maybe one or two, are written on that upright. So they're very piano-based, a la maybe, uh, you know, kind of a little bit of a Ben Folds feel to them. Uh, some of Ron Sexsmith's textures maybe coming through, especially on some of his piano songs. And then, uh, obviously, the, the stuff we've mentioned with, with the Beatles and uh, Paul McCartney's kind of bouncy piano stuff. So those were all swimming in there. Uh, I already mentioned kind of the going back in time, the reverse element. So a little more of a of a of a tip of the hat to the Beatles and, and to some of these artists that came before, uh, as well as I mentioned Fleetwood Mac and Christine McVie. She's obviously a pianist par excellence. So very keyboard heavy, uh, but with my usual strings and trumpets and, and guitars and synthesizers 
scattered throughout. Um, but what was a fun accident about that, guys, was that the Abbey Road thing was not really something that I knew was going to be part of the record at all until the songs were more or less written. Um, I had one or two left to go that session, and, and it was just a happy coincidence that all of the keyboards that were there were, were the actual ones that, that had been in the studio in the 60s. So I just had, you know, by luck, written a very piano-heavy record and was therefore able to replace all of my home pianos with uh, the Abbey Road pianos, which was kind of a, a very convenient element. You know, I hadn't really written a big guitar amplifier record. If I had, that would have sounded good in there too, but it wouldn't have been touching the little literal keys that the guys right. had touched. So, yeah. so it, it was kind of a happy accident. And, and knowing that I had booked the session, I then wrote maybe or two more, knowing that I would have access to what's called the Mrs. Mills piano. And that's a hmm. tack piano where they, they put a shellac on the end of the felt hammers that strike the, the strings. And it gives it this very honky-tonk, tinny piano right. sound, like a saloon sound, okay? Mm -hmm. That is the Penny Lane piano, that very upright, awesome. sprightly sound. So that became the workhorse of a few of, of, of the session, and it became uh, the piano in, I think, four of the songs. So knowing that I would have access to that, I wrote a few songs for that instrument, including my glasses, which we'll get to. Fantastic. Yeah, it is It is quite a story that you have there and a memory that you're going to carry with you the rest of your life, not to mention just your career. But uh, yeah. that is really, really something. And I can relate. I can relate with you to the upright piano because that was my introduction to music and my grandmother and grandfather's upright piano, which I learned to play piano on. Enough time learning piano that I could, I could still pick out a few tunes if I had to. I think the album itself, by virtue not only of what you've done with it, but the fact that you've added in now the London experience, the Abbey Road Studios, I, I think you've got an album there that uh, is probably going to be a hallmark of your career. And I can just feel there are listeners out there now looking for the album. By the way, listeners, it's called Reverse by Scott Gagner. But I can see them just thinking, you know, or maybe getting on while we're talking or something and going to some music site to look up the album and order it. And I hope that works out for you because I think you've got, you've got your classic right here. Anything you add after this, is going to be an addition to, and uh, I salute you for that. You've got yourself a great album here. Now, before we run out of time, we want to give you a chance to tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you, follow you, and, of course, how they can get your music. Yeah, thank you so much, and thanks for the kind words uh, about the record. You can go to scottgagner.com, and uh, that is a good place to jump off from for links to buy. Uh, there are three videos corresponding with the record that they can check out that I'm extremely proud of. Uh, one for Christine McVie, one for my glasses, and one for Never Could See Any Other Way. So that would be the easiest, and I'll spell that for the listeners. That's S-T-O-T-T-G-A-G-N-E-R.com. Or I'm on Spotify. Amazon Prime is available now to buy the record in advance of the August 22nd official release date, which is next Tuesday. You can also pre-order it at Apple Music. Just search for my name, Scott Gagner. And I'm glad you tossed it in because I wanted to impress on the listeners that the album will be available on uh, 
August 22nd, which will be right after this show debuts. And uh, we want to thank you for coming by. We've got about one minute left. Tell us about my glasses. I'm very excited about this one. I mentioned the kind of Paul McCartney bouncer uh, kind of vibe. I think people will recognize the style. It's sort of a wingsy piano piece, if you will. And I wrote it with that Mrs. Mills piano in mind. The song basically uh, was inspired by driving around my neighborhood, getting inundated with political lawn signs and realizing that I wasn't really legally able to go and pull them out of the lawns, even though I was being sort of uh, aggressed by them uh, at every turn. But I, I realized what I could do instead of controlling other people's usage of lawn signs is to just take my glasses off so I didn't have to register uh, all their kind of weird political diatribes. So that was the impetus for the song, and it just kind of is a, a silly song about uh, denial and, and uh, mild escapism. The video was a lot of fun to shoot here in Minnesota and uh, contains a lot of Abbey Road footage as well. So look for that on the website or on YouTube. You didn't uh, by any chance get a picture of you walking across the street by Abbey Road, did you? I didn't want to be one of the throng, but as we were leaving, there wasn't. It was nighttime when we checked out, of course, and uh, the, the two gentlemen I was with kind of made us do it. And I was happy, too, because we didn't hold up traffic at all. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's still a traffic nightmare for the people who live there. So I, I wanted to be one of the cool uh, people who didn't really stoop to that level. But, of course, I did at the end. So. All right. <laughs> well, hey, let, let it not be said that you are not also cool because we think you're quite cool. Love your music, folks. Listen to this whole album. It's a prize, and I think you're going to want a copy for yourself. Check it out. Reverse by Scott Gagner. Scott, thank you so much. Please do keep in touch, and we look forward to you coming back again in the future. Will do, David. Thank you, John Bon Jovial. Take care, guys. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, Scott Gagner, and here is from the album Reverse, My Glasses.
My glasses. That's Scott Gagner from his latest album, Reverse. Check it out. Available August 22nd and thereafter. And uh, we thank him for dropping by and sharing some of the music and the great stories that went with that. Uh, what a kick, don't you think, John Bon Jovi? Actually recording oh, not yeah, only in Abbey yeah. Road, but on the same instrument. In Abbey Road. Yeah. I know. Amazing. I know. I, I'm just so envious. It's killing me. I can tell. I can see it in your face. I don't blame you. I am, too. And uh, I would kill to do a show from Abbey Road. That would be... I really respect you, Scott. Great music. Bucket list. Bucket uh, list item. Absolutely. Speaking of bucket list items, we have what could very well be a bucket list item for a lot of people, especially for some ladies who rock for a cause. The 6th Annual Ladies Who Rock for Cause Music Festival is happening Saturday, September 9th at Consauter Volksfest Berlin on Academy Road in Philadelphia. This outdoor event will feature great music, vendors, a beer garden, plus free parking. Ladies Who Rock for Cause leverages the unifying power of music to lift our mothers, sisters, and daughters facing crisis and help them on their journey of overcoming and becoming all they're meant to be. Log on to ladieswhorockforacause.org for tickets and more info. Check it out online, ladies who rock for a cause, and what a cause it is. Definitely make it a point to check out ladies who rock for a cause. John Bon Jovial, what was your thoughts about Scott Gagner's album? I want it, plain and simple. I I want it, and I would love it if he would uh, put it out on an LP. I think that would be great to put it on turntable. Oh, on a vinyl? uh, Oh, yeah, there's such renewed interest in vinyl now. Yes, there is. Of course, the the, the warmth uh, of an analog recording, to me, I think is a lot better than a digital recording. 
but that's just me and you know I'm I'm an antique myself so what can I say about that but <laughs> I think that uh you know especially with the first song that we did uh with the Johnny Cash influence and the second song with the Paul McCartney influence yeah uh that would be great I would love to have that record I want to hear the rest of it yeah you definitely do I can give you that and I can also give you another artist whose music you love and you're going to want to hear and uh, this first track that we're going to play by Fred Hostetler. The major reason that we had him come back, aside from the fact he's a previous guest, we like him, we like his music, but when you hear this, you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. Here is Fred Hostetler with the tune, Where is Bob Marley?
where is Bob Marley? Well, the question is not where is Fred Hostetler. The question is, how you doing, Fred? I'm doing fine. It's good to good to be back, uh, David and uh, John Bon Jovial, and uh, to be able to talk a little bit about the single. Oh, we are so happy that you are here. Always good to see old friends again, and especially when they have some neat stuff to share. First off, I've got to ask you, where did you come up with the idea for this track? You know, songwriters, you've talked to them. Uh, it never and it never ceases to amaze me. Pick up a guitar in the morning, and you you just sit down with it, and all of a sudden you're playing something. Well, that that that's pretty cool. I like that. You know, it's like starts with a right. riff, and then I had been thinking about Bob Marley because his music uh, it was inclusive in a way at that time and and people from of all all different kinds of people would come to his shows and everybody had fun they had a good time and they just rocked out and yet he had a message of social commentary a message of love uh, you know and uh and where is a guy like that now when we need him the most you know amen and and yeah. then it just went from there and i the lyric just came out pretty fast that's how it happened. I can relate to that, and I'm sure, I'm sure the listeners can too, because oftentimes, even for non-musical people, uh, you know, people that have never played or performed, uh, you get up in the morning and you can have an earbud, some song that you haven't heard of, you haven't heard in decades, perhaps. You get up in the morning and there's a, a song or an idea or a feeling going through your mind. And I can see where a musician is going to be able to sit down and start, you know, <laughs> picking at a guitar, or hitting on the keyboard, and uh, putting something together. And all of a sudden, hey, wait a minute, there's a song there. And so I can I can relate to that. And it is a it's an excellent it's an excellent terrific honor of the icon Bob Marley that you put together. I, I'm sure that he would approve of it. Now you had. You had some good people working with you on this too. Well, yeah, you know, you know Karen Lawrence. She did the background right. vocals up there, and uh, hey, she's great. She's one of the best. So that was fun uh, working with her. I never had to tell her what to do. I just I sent the track to her and said, "I can you do background vocals on this?" And she took a listen and phoned back and said, "I know exactly what to do." <laughs> and so. <laughs> You know, bam! They they were on there, powerful and strong, just uh, just how I envisioned it. So that was great, and and also Eric Troyer uh, uh, is in there also a little bit, and he mixed the song and uh, did a little bit of uh, recording also, uh, and singing on the song as well. And Eric, uh, he plays with a group called the Orchestra now, which is uh, ex members of the. Uh, Electric Light Orchestra. Oh, okay, yeah. But I, anyhow, yeah. So that's that's who put the thing together, and that was uh, that was fun. It's great working with people uh, you know. It is, and I know that you enjoy working with Karen. We talked about her the last time you were on. You were telling us about your work with her, and it, it shows. I'm not surprised 
that when you gave her the idea, she knew exactly what to do with it. Oh, Where yeah. is Bob Marley? Great track. Uh, where yeah. is John Bon Jovi? Well, I, I'm I'm right here. So uh, just as a follow-up then, uh, first of all, Fred, welcome back. It's great to have you on the show again. But did Eric do the? Uh, oh, sure. Did Eric do the musical choreography on this, or was this a combination of the both of the both of you doing it, or the two of you? Pardon my grammar. Uh, or is it uh, is it all you? Is it all him? Uh, how did that come together? Well, I, I had the song, and I said, uh, Eric, I want you know, what do you think of this? And I sent him a rock mix, and I wasn't sure of the structure of the song. And so Eric helped me. He said, that chorus is great. You know, oh, oh where you go? Da, 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 da. He said, you got to put that in sooner. And so he rearranged that, and he helped the, in the uh, construction of the song. But I had the song written. So there was no new parts. He just switched things around a little bit. And that's exactly what I wanted him to do. Once you work on something for some time, then, you know, you start losing perspective. And that's why that's why you go on David Bowers and talk to John Bongiolio. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how that worked. And Eric always adds, uh, uh, I just did, got two songs from him, finished mixing. Uh, also, I'm getting close to being done with the album. Uh, it'll be a short, sort of like an EP, it, uh, but maybe six songs. But and uh, he he always uh, helps on the vocals in a very subtle way because he knows how to do how to arrange the vocal properly and how to place it in the mix and stuff like that. And you know, as you get older, my ears are starting to fail me in some ways. So it's good to have somebody that's uh, fresh. <laughs> Yeah, that's the one thing. The uh, the aging process. You are hopefully you're endowed with the intelligence gathered over the years, but at the sacrifice of other things, and uh, you do start to slow down. I I've noticed I can't keep up with the teenagers anymore either, so uh, I can relate to that. But uh, you said you've got uh, a couple other tracks: uh, Rainwalking and Happy Fingers. Yeah. Uh, Rainwalking, uh, that's done. Happy Fingers is next up to be mixed, and there's another song after that. Uh, it's sort of a ballad that that got done. Uh, so it's sort of introspective stuff. Well, I don't know how to describe it yet, but it's uh, it's Americana, sort of what I do. I sort of jump around genres a bit, uh, but it all sort of seems to hold together in sort of a, who I am. I'm glad you mentioned that because that is one thing that we've noticed. You're able to move uh, around through different genres, which anybody that knows me knows I've always appreciated an artist who can do that. There are some that go out and they'll try a different genre just to say they did it or because it's the current hot trend. But there are a few artists who can actually go through different genres do them and do them well. And you have shown that you are one of those that can do it. Have you ever given any thought to the fact that you are able to do this? Or is it just something that just comes naturally and you kind of run with it? Well, I think it just comes. I went through, as we have, you know, folk, uh, rock, early rock, blues, a little bit of jazz from my older brother, 
and all that stuff is there from growing up and through the rock and then into uh, we tried sort of new wave stuff. Karen and I did an album of new wave uh, called Karen Lawrence and the Pins, and then we did another album after that uh, for a label, Revolver Records in the UK. But, but the point is, you know, that's all inside there, and I think what holds it together is just that my roots are folk and blues, and and then I from the folk and blues, there I go into rock, you know, and that, but I still, those are my roots, and that, that's always in there somewhere or another. And I really like, you know, Robbie Robertson just passed, and that Americana, you know, to, you know, I like that label that's broad like that. And, it, and mm-hmm. it's inclusive in a lot of ways, that, that name, because I'm Ameri- I'm here. You know, that's, those are my roots. But what right. is the, what are what does it include? It includes that whole range of, I mean, folk, blues, jazz, you know, rock. You know, the rock era, the, and where we're at now. Yes. And just throw them all in there together, make it real, and that's uh, somehow I I like the spirit. I just to make sure I stay in that spirit. I got you. I got you there. Now you spent uh, quite a time. What? 16, 17 years over in India? Yeah, 17 years in India, and I just uh, went back there. I think I got back with you. I just got back from going over there again for about six weeks to do something. And, um, you know, uh, after the Blue by Nature band, that which uh, had Karen Lawrence and Rick Dufay, who had been in Aerosmith, and also recorded an album, was in that band, and it was a it was really good blues rock band. A little bit before blues rock, the purists weren't shooting us in the back, sort of. Mm-hmm. Not, uh, don't get angry, purists. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> you know, that's what you do. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, but now it's accepted. You know, it's, all, yeah. it's a part of the blues, of, of blues, and it's, it has, it's honored in its way. But after that, I just, you know, I just needed to get a perspective. And so I uh, sort of went on a soul-searching journey over mm. there. And it turned okay. into a long journey. But I played music over there, and uh, it was good. We've had the privilege of listening to some of your great music. And I encourage our listeners, if you like what you've heard, please dig into this gentleman's music because he is so much more than any one of the songs that he does. We're going to go back and kind of flashback to one that you did the last time you were on the show. And I want to give you a minute to tell the folks how they can follow you, how they can keep up with what you're doing, maybe contact you, and, of course, how they can get your music. My name is Fred Hostetler, H-O-S-T-E-T-L-E-R. I have a website, fredsheartradio.com, all one word. Of course, I have a channel on YouTube. I'm in all social media. And if you say, look up, uh, Fred Hostetler, musician, uh, on Google, it all comes up there. Also, I'm on Spotify and uh, Amazon Music, and you can also buy anything off of my website, Fred Hostetler, in the <laughs> Fantastic. We really appreciate it. It's great to have you back again. Do keep in touch. We can't wait till the next time we have you back, because every time you come back, you come back with some great new music. Maybe even catch you later when you get the uh, 
the EP done. I'd like to catch a track on Yeah, that would be great. We welcome you anytime. You know you're always welcome here. Ladies and gentlemen, Fred Hostetler, and here he is with one that he did the last time he was on the show. It's called Orphan Blues. Well, at 3 a.m. in the morning, I sat straight up in bed. I heard the telephone ringing, ringing in my head. When the phone rings after midnight, you know the news ain't good. Something happening somewhere You'd better knock on wood Well, I jumped out of bed Ran around searching for my phone When I picked it up, a voice told me Your mother has passed on I bowed down my head A tear ran down my cheek I dropped down on my knees I couldn't find the words to speak Well, it's a hard, hard lesson When a loved one's gone away You miss them morning, noon, and night Each and every day Now mother's gone, 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 gone I got the orphan blues And she's gone now mother's gone, 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 yeah And I got the orphan blue She's gone Don't know where I'm going Or what I'm gonna do That's right You know I really love that woman I tell the world I Of a, uh, of a true talent, really. 
Always a pleasure having Fred on the show and Scott also. Some great music from a couple of great musician artists. We're so, so lucky, so fortunate to have great artists on the show here. It really makes it all worthwhile. And we thank you because we're fortunate to have you out there. And we love to hear from you as well. So don't hesitate to drop us a line. The email is david at thedavidbowers.com. Right now, we want to hear from you, John Bon Jovial, because it's time for you to take us home. Yes, sir. Indeed, it is. Well, thank you, everybody. You have spent another perfectly good hour with us here today at the David Bowers Awards. And each and every week, we really are grateful for your continued presence, and we thank you for that. The David Bowers Awards is broadcast around the world from our studios in Naples, Florida, and, of course, from our studios in the Valley of the Sun, Tempe, Arizona. And we are available for free on most of the major streaming services. Be sure to join us next week for the David Bowers Awards Saturday on WRFZ FM 106.3 on your FM radio dial in Rochester, New York. And if you're out of their listening area, you can find them at rochesterfreeradio.com. And that airs every Saturday at noon Eastern. And, of course, on Blog Talk Radio, Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and 6 p.m. UTC. So until next week for the David Bowers, our new employee, Clem Dawson, who's heading up our road crew and of course you know all the other people that run around here not knowing what the heck they're doing i am yours truly the legendary john bon jovial saying be good to yourself love each other love one another and we'll see you next week right here on the david bowers awards